whatever. Um, and so, starting in verse 25, I'm going to read with you guys. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test, the, test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what, is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? And so, um, in this version, it says, uh, this, our other version, it says this guy was a lawyer. Um, and so, really, what this dude was, uh, at least argued, uh, people argue that he was trying to, to uh, entrap Jesus. He's trying to get him to, to say something, slip up, do something, so he can hold him accountable for something. Because, really, a lot of the people around didn't like what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was doing. Uh, why? Because Jesus came to change the culture around him. Um, he, came, he came to change things. Uh, he, he came to try to get us back to using maps and get off the GPS. And even as we continue down this, this scripture tonight, we'll talk more about like, what it means to change culture. Um, and so, he was, and, and so the, the only other option is this dude was just trying to be petty just to be petty um, and, and asking Jesus this question. Um, but Jesus, and it's not like we never do that. Like, Jesus, what do I need to do to get into heaven? Or what, what don't I need to do is really a lot of the questions are, if we try to process it, what can I get away with to still get into heaven? Like, we still ask this petty question uh, one way or another, right? Let's go back. Jesus hits him back with a couple questions, uh, like typical Jesus style, right? Uh, and so... He said, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And then verse 27, um, he says, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28 says, he says, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And so really there's a message right there. Um, worship team can come back up and we can respond. Uh, I'm just kidding, worship teams, they put. Um, but, but why is that not enough for us? Why is that not enough for you? Because it wasn't enough for the lawyer. It wasn't enough for the guy. Um, it wasn't enough for him. And, I, and the reality of it is I, it's, not, it's never enough for us. And I think it's the same underlying, un, underlying thing, Right? Let's look at what the, the, dude, the lawyer says. The man wanted to justify his actions. Do we ever want to do that? Yeah, but Jesus, and so he asked Jesus, and who is, his, who is my neighbor? And so like he was trying to, he's trying to say, okay, okay, I got you. I, get, I know that law and blah, blah, blah. I know my neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Right? Uh, another story came to me Tuesday. Uh, we were sitting, sitting around with a couple of the interns, and uh, Bradley was talking, and he just started, honestly, I'd, Bradley, I'm sorry, I don't really remember anything you said, but from the moment you spoke, like, this story came to my mind. Um, and so I was a little bit distracted, uh, and we got back to the, uh, I was luckily able to, I'm telling you, I just have a lot of stuff running through my head nowadays, because um, the stuff is real. Uh, it's not a game. And so it brought me back to, to India this summer. And some of you guys will know this name when I say it. Uh, but there's a guy named, guy there that we worked with. His name is Vikrant. Um, he really is, he really is like, uh, he really, did, his life challenged me deeply. Uh, but the thing was, like, until Tuesday, it was like, I haven't, I hadn't thought about, like, even the story that I'm going to share. So this dude, 
he, he goes back to his father's village um, and into the Himalaya Mountains consistently. Um, and so it's like, and, and for the average people, uh, it probably takes eight to 10 hours driving through there. Uh, this dude is like Tokyo drifting it through the, the mountains and the Himalayas. Uh, and, and he gets there maybe six, six hours, eight hours, depending on traffic. Um, so if you want to go for a fun ride, I'm telling you, go get in a car with this dude. Uh, he's not reckless. Like, he's, he's driven those roads his whole life, so he knows what he's doing. Um, but he's driving, and so he'll drive to his father's village to go show people the love of Christ, to go live with them. And so, so depending on traffic, anywhere six to eight hours one way, um, and so anywhere from 12 to 18 hours round trip, uh, but the thing was, it's not like, oh, he only goes there when project comes or um, every now and then. That's not the reality. The reality of it is there's times he goes there a couple times a week to show people the love of Jesus. Think about that. Like, some of us don't want to walk out of our house to go tell people about Jesus. This dude's driving through the mountains, switchback. Um, multiple hours a day to go tell people about Jesus. I'm just telling you, like, it's, it's so, so challenging. And, and I'm just trying to get us to, to take a little step. Um, and so uh, it goes on to this. This, this, is, this, is, this, this next uh, part of Scripture is known as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, and it starts in verse 30. Jesus replied with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And so what Jesus is trying to do here, he's trying to paint a clear picture. He's trying to paint a picture of this dude that, that definitely needs somebody to show him some love. Uh, because he, he's experienced some troubles in his life. Uh, Life has beat him up or some, some bullies uh, and took all this stuff and c- carries on in verse 31. By chance, just by chance, uh, a priest happened to be coming or going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by onto the other side. And so uh, this is kind of the first story, a uh, first person in the story that we're going to talk about, kind of within the context of maps and how we're going to travel. Uh, this guy is going to be the wrong turn person. Um, so as, as, you're, as you're driving, uh, there's, a, there's people that are, that are scared to make the wrong turn, right? And especially if you're dealing with the paper map, right? You don't have the British smart dude telling you in 500 yards you're going to take a right. Uh, you're looking at the map and saying, or when I started driving, I had to use MapQuest, uh, which you got on the Internet, and you printed off your paper, and it told you uh, it had a written form of, where you're going to go and what turn you're going to make. And then when you U-turn, you got to figure that out on your own. Um, but, and so it's like there's this wrong turn person of like, man, I'm just so scared to make the wrong turn. And, and I think that happens for a couple of reasons, uh, two different reasons. And I, I really do think that they have the same underlying like, theme, uh, but we, we do them for different reasons, right? Uh, the first one is because, man, I'm, I'm scared to go like, love people and tell people about Jesus and try to, to show them the way because I don't have all my stuff together. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't know what to say about Jesus. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not super holy. I'm not righteous. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's for other people that, that are like this religious guy that's supposed to go do it, right? And so you have this priest that's, like, supposed to love people the right way. The other reason is, is what I, even I think somewhat what this priest was dealing with was he didn't want to become unclean. Uh, he didn't want to have to go through a cleansing process uh, and a ritual of like, man, if he ends up messing with this dude that's got blood, he's got to go through this whole thing of becoming clean again. Uh, and so he didn't want to be seen uh, with this dude on the side of the road. Um, and so I think there's some of us that don't want to go through the process of putting ourselves in a place where we're going to become unclean or be perceived as unclean or what will people think if I'm hanging out with these cats? If I'm trying to love these people or uh, if we're not doing the first part of the stuff of loving the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, uh, with everything inside of us and with our mind, then I'm not going to be able to sustain living in that kind of culture or lifestyle. Really, it's all about culture. Really, this whole passage is all about culture. Jesus came to flip the script to change the culture. And so then, and so then we get, uh, we start to care what people think way more than we care about what Jesus thinks. Story carries on, um, verse 32. It says, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying, on the, lying there but then he also passed by on the other side. And so this dude didn't just dodge him, you know, like he didn't, he didn't hit him with the cold shoulder. He actually walked over, looked at him, and then dipped out on him. Um, so he actually had to, to think about it. And so the person that, like, in this thing is, is the trip is planned person. Like, no matter what, what it is, like, I'm going to... I'm going to drive. We're, in, we're not stopping if, unless there's gas. If you got to pee, you got to be, you got to figure it out in the back. You know, like don't, we're going to A to B. There's no C to figure it out. We're going, right? Um, and so uh, this dude is, is, maybe he's in a hurry. You know, maybe he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a temple assistant. I got a job to get to. Uh, I got to, I got to get there. I'm not going to, no C. We're going, so I'm going to go straight to the temple. Uh, I don't have time to deal with all this mess. Uh, with all your mess laying here on the floor, bleeding naked. Um, maybe I got hurt. Maybe this dude had to hurry up and get to a Monday night service, you know? Like, Kyle was about to start. It starts at 7.30. Well, really, I kind of wait to 7.35, so I'll be there right then. I ain't got time for this, you know? Um, or maybe he was, he was kind of full on his quota. Maybe he, he had loved enough people kind of that week. Uh, or he'd gone to service, and he, and he was loving uh, everybody in, in, in service on Monday night. And he's like, man, I got, I got too much love uh, already in my life. Um, or maybe he went to a D group every week. And he's like, well, I got these dudes or I got these girls in my life. And so I don't really have enough room in my life to love more people. Um, he was comfortable with where he was because he was used to going A to B, A to B, A to B. There was no kind of deviating from that plan. He just found himself being comfortable. We don't ever do that, do we? Already having responsibilities. I don't know. Hope not. Jesus, help us. Verse 33. He said, and we're going to go uh, through 35 here. 
Uh, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where, came where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and, ba- and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, looked after him, he said, when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. And so, to me, um, this guy is the truck driver. Uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, I got a couple people in my family that are truck drivers, a couple friends that, that I know is a truck driver, that are truck drivers. I don't know if you've ever talked to a truck driver. But if you do, uh, and, you, and you for some reason say, hey, I got a trip coming up, this dude, the truck driver is going to give you every, every route, every, uh, man, you need to check out this joint on the way because this food is awesome. Uh, listen, don't drive through this city at this time. I know you don't think it's going to be like that, but like it's going to be bad. Um, or maybe, maybe you can hit this cutoff through, through I-55 and then you don't have to worry about anything over, the, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the dude knows what, it, knows what to do uh, and he doesn't need a GPS uh, and if you really use the truck driver voice, you're going to get the old country dude, uh, not the British dude, right? But the thing, was, the thing is, he knows what to do. He knows where to go. He's driven the routes. He's done the thing. He knows the way, right? He knows how to, to walk this thing. Um, and so when you're dealing with that truck driver, uh, I think you get a little bit of the Samaritan here. Um, and the, the, like I said, like in this whole thing, Jesus came to flip the script on people. Jesus came to, to change the culture. Uh, and really, the Samaritan, at, within the context of Jesus, uh, was an enemy. So, th- so you had two Jewish, like holy people that had come and walked past this dude and left him where he was. One of them looked at him and just kept on going. And then you have this dude that's an enemy that comes and does what? He stopped to help the dude because he saw. And so the Samaritan, Jesus is using the Samaritan guy here to show the the true picture of love and compassion that we're supposed to walk in. The true way that we're supposed to love the neighbors around us. So not only did this dude stop to help this guy that was beaten, right? Um, Battered uh, on the edge of life but he gave him his resources. He gave him his comfort, his comfort and travel. He, he got off his donkey and gave the donkey to the guy so he can travel on his donkey. So he gave up his own comfort to love this dude and take care of him. He gave up his resources, his finances, And then, and then he also, and, and it wasn't a, just a one-time thing. Like he told the innkeeper, I don't know if he caught it, like if this is not enough, I'm going to come back and I'll take care of the rest. And so it wasn't just a one-time thing of like, oh, we walk by and we see somebody that needs something. And it's like, oh, here you go. All right, y'all, I'll take it easy. It's like, no, he went back. He continued to invest his time. His guy gave up his time. Uh, if you... If you read it in the in a NLT, it says, uh, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. And so it's like those two guys 
One guy didn't even have time to stop. He didn't even take the time to stop for him. He just kept going. The other guy took enough time just to stop and check him out and keep going. This dude took his time. He took that whole day and into the next day to take care of this guy. So what's that mean for us? If we're supposed to flip the script, if we're supposed to be countercultural, if Jesus is trying to get us to, to live and love our enemies with our time, with our resources, with our comforts, what's that look like for us? What's that look like for you? I don't have all the answers for you tonight. Um, I, think, I think that's the Holy Spirit's job to, to, to bring those um, to you. I'm just here to just challenge you with what God's been challenging me with. Um, and I think you need to ask those questions of what does that look like in my life? There's so much in our culture that wants to divide us. That, that wants to, even, even in this story, like, like there, is, there is no race line here. You see that? There is no difference. Well, there's a white thing and a black thing. Like, Jesus don't care about that. He's come to flip the script. He's come to ask us to redeem culture around us. And so, so whatever happens outside of these walls, we can't walk in that. Will you guys be different? Will you guys love different? Jesus was using this as a, like a specific example of like there's enemies. And, and when the thing is, like within the world that we live in, there's enemies to the left and to the right. And we can be offended and we can choose to get messed up about this and that. Jesus, Jesus came to flip the script, man. Like he said, will you love your neighbor? Well, who's my neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. Nobody's counted out. Well, how do I love them? With my time, with my resources, with my comfort? We get so caught up on going and going and going and going, or I have to take care of my stuff. I got to hurry up to get from A to B. Man, if you're going to miss some class, miss it for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't skip class because you're being lazy. Skip class because you encounter somebody that needed to the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Real talk. Other than that, go to class, make good grades, honor the Lord. Um, so if you want to get out of class, start loving people right. Jesus will let you miss class for that. This stuff matters, man. Uh, and, and the thing was, and the last thing in it, maybe those two cats before were scared because this road that, was, that the guy was traveling on, all, all four of them were traveling on, was a dangerous road. Clearly, the dude was laying half naked, or full naked, uh, got all his stuff taken from him, he's half dead, it's a dangerous road. Was, maybe those two first dudes were scared. But the Samaritan wasn't, he was willing to sacrifice everything, even to the point of his own life. That sound familiar? Is that not who Jesus is? Jesus was sacrificed everything. He broke his body, and I've been going through daily communion with my boys um, in, my, in my house, uh, and I've been, like, I'm, it's been so real. Like, I'm just telling you, everything is so real. I don't know how, I don't have any other words. Uh, but to, to, to daily remember, like, Jesus' body being broken for us.
I challenge you to try it. Uh, partake in communion. And, and what it is is common union with him. And so it allows yourself to do what it's talking about in the first, first verse of, of the two greatest commandments. And that's, it allows you to align yourself with loving him with all your mind, strength, soul. Um, and, and it allows you to, to recognize Jesus breaking his body. Or his body was one lash from being de- like completely broken. And then, and then taking the cup, like it, it reminds you of like what you've been able to experience in salvation, what Jesus has done in covering over your sins. When none of us are worthy of it, it reminds you. And it reminds you not only of what, you, what is opportunity for you, what you have opportunity, and it reminds you what the world around you is lacking if they don't have it, and what is what is available to everybody that will partake in it. Maybe they were scared. The Samaritan man wasn't, though. And not only did he help and and really take care of this guy with his time, money, resources, all those things, he restored that man from shame because that man was laying broken, naked, had nothing, This is how it ends. Verse 36. Now, which of these three do you say was a neighbor uh, to the man who who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Uh, Worship team, you can start to come up um, for real this time. Uh, the, The thing in it is, uh, there's a fourth person in this story. And the fourth person was a man that was beaten, that was broken, that had lost everything. And, and like I said, I think there's some of the people uh, in this room that can relate to, to whether it's a wrong-term person um, or if, it, if it's the uh, truck driver or if it's the... Sorry, blank, the trip is planned person, um, whatever. Like, you can all relate to that one part of it, all of it, bits and pieces of each one. Um, but, but we can all relate to the guy that's been, been broken and beaten and we've lost everything. Maybe, maybe it's more of the reality of we relate to the shame that that guy felt. That each one of us have, have, are walking in brokenness over and over again and and really what that allows us to experience most of the time is shame. But the thing, the thing in it, and the thing that Jesus has come to do is he's come to restore us from our shame. He's come to give us life and life to the fullest. So I want to challenge you guys in response. You can, you can grab an altar card on the end of the row. You guys can pass those down. You can grab your phone. Uh, and write it down on your phone, but a point of action uh, before you leave this room, uh, because ultimately everything we've talked about tonight uh, will be a point of action out of this room and how you respond when you leave this room. But before you leave this room, write something down that the Holy Spirit has challenged you in tonight of I will go out from this place tonight and be different in this way. Okay, so take time. Uh, write it down, uh, record it, 
make moves. Um, the altar cards are, are a form of coming to the altar, but more importantly, altering the life, right? That we don't want to be able to come and hear the word of God, be, be able to hear what God's speaking and not put any action behind it, okay? And so that's the challenge tonight. Um, it's not a, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to, to everybody bow your head. I want you guys to go live it. Because if you go and live it, it'll show a response. It'll show that you guys walked down to the altar. It'll show that you raised your hand. It'll show that you stood up. Whatever you write down tonight, share with somebody that you're living life with. Whether that's a D group leader, um, whether that's a roommate, uh, whether that's a stranger in your classroom, you're living life with them too. Uh, you just don't know it yet. Um, Said, so, man, I was at Kyle for last night. This is what God challenged me, and this is what God's like trying to do inside of me. I just want to share with you. You don't have to have a Bible degree to go and share Jesus with people. Jesus has given each one of you guys a gospel, and that's your own lives. If you just stand up in front of the mirror and share that thing that you look at, Jesus will preach to people. I think everybody will also have a response tonight uh, in receiving from the Father of being reminded of, of Him restoring us, Him coming to take care of our wounds, Him, him coming to, to lift us up and put us on His donkey and take us and, and care for us and tend to us because that's the God He is, that's the Father that He is. Even in the midst of like one of the hardest things I've had to deal with, um, Jesus has done that. He's taken such good care of me. Does that mean that I'm not feeling? Does that mean that like, it's not, easy, not hard? Not by any means. But Jesus is so real. And so I just want to challenge you guys tonight. To maybe not live your life with the GPS, not live your life of like, oh, I'm gonna squeeze in this 15 second Instagram video and that's gonna be Jesus for me this week. I'm gonna challenge you guys to, to open up a map, a paper map and spend some time trying to figure out what's my next step, what's my route, what do I need to do? Open up the word of God and allow God to, to really transform you, renewing you, making you new. When you walk on campus, and, and hear me on this, when you walk on campus, walk as a Samaritan, showing the love of Christ with compassion for people. And some of that stuff you'll see in the physical, it's, all, it's a lot easier to see when you're walking and you see somebody that needs some, the door to be held open because they're coming through on a wheelchair or with crutches. But I'm telling you, if you start doing that first part of that scripture if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and all your strength and all your mind if you do that part you'll start to see people in a different light right? that you'll start to see man I know that person is going through some depression and I'm just going to go love them I'm just going to go sit down and have lunch with them I'm just going to go be their friend I'm going to give up my time I'm going to give up my resources to go eat in the calf. I'm going to give up my comforts to go eat in the calf, right? Um, 
that, man, I'd, I'd rather go Don Pepe's, but I'm going to go eat in a calf because there's some people in there that need some love. I promise you, if you start to do that first part of it, you'll start to see people in a different, with different set of lenses. I promise. Ask God to show you as you walk on campus. Maybe you have your trip planned. I'm going to go to the student center to this class. But then you walk by and maybe you graze the shoulder and you feel compassion and brokenness from somebody that you just touched. And then you, you, you start being the A to B person and you actually turn into C. And you say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be bold. I'm going to say, hey, I feel like if you're going through something and brokenness in your life. And then you get to watch the men and women around you being restored from the shame that they're walking in. How about we change the culture around us? That's the direction Jesus gave us. That's the, that, that's the example that he gave us, uh, both in this story, but also with his life. If you, as you read through the word, you're going to see over and over again, Jesus did things that like, really irritated the culture around him. And so if you're not irritating the culture around you, um, then, then maybe you're not doing it like Jesus. Please, let's pray. Let's just pray. God, just ask that you show us how to do this more. And even over each person in this room, uh, I just, I pray in this story, the Samaritan love and compassion over each one of them, that they won't just be a people that receive that, but they'll be a people that carry that. That we, that we won't be a people that, that care about what people think about us. That we won't think that we're, that we're not worthy or that we, that we won't think that we're too worthy. That we would find that fine line of walking in authority and humility. That we won't get caught up in our everyday life of like, I got to do this, this, and this. Well, if I don't do this, that my, my, I'm not going to be able to pass this test. God, we trust you to take care of our stuff. It's all your stuff anyways. Even like Caleb was saying, like you're the one that gives. There's not anything that we can do besides be obedient to you. Show us, God. Show us how to live our lives, not as experts to the word, but with familiarity to it. Like, man, we know that if, if, uh, if we go to this place, that we can be able to share our testimonies with our friends. Like, man, this is what Jesus has done. It's like the truck driver sharing, man, check out this burger joint because it's, it's the place. It's hidden. And so uh, just allow us to live our lives that we, we would know the word of God, we would know your presence, and out of that, testimonies will flow of your goodness, God. So tonight, I just ask that you allow your love to be poured over each person in this room, both as the, the father that you are, that we would be able to receive 
the love and the compassion that you've shown us, God, by the laying down your life so that we can live. And it's not just so we can have uh, eternal life, but it's so we can be free of the shame that we try to live our lives in. And you, maybe you're like, yeah, Elijah, I've experienced that. But God just asks that you remove any of the butts in our life, that, that we've experienced that. And so allow us to be men and women that don't go back to the shame that we've once been freed of. And I just proclaim over each one of you that you're going to walk in the steadfastness in a pursuit of Jesus that won't be a wavering pursuit, that won't be a turning back, that won't be a, a returning to the shame that we've been freed from. And that from this night on, that your life will, live, will be pointing a different trajectory that is loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, with all that you are. And that, that we would be a people, Jesus, as we walk out of this room, that will love our neighbor as ourselves. So in closing, I ask you, who is your neighbor? Who will you let that person be? For some of you, that might, might just be the person that sits across your row in your class. I hope that's all of you as you walk on this campus. For some of you, it might be uh, Boston for spring break. That, that some of you guys uh, might need a little bit of Vic Ront spirit in your life. That I will give up days of my, my week, hours of my time. I would travel wherever you have me to travel. For some of you guys, that's a project that you've been putting off, putting off, putting off. Like, will you walk and show people the love of Jesus Christ? Maybe it's all of them. We need you, Jesus. I just ask that you speak to each person individually with where they're at. That it be your word, that it be your call. And in it, that every man and woman in this room will have the resolve to walk out the Samaritan love and compassion that will be required of them.